Good morning! Speak, friend, and enter the Bag and Book Club. I'm Nora, joined by M. Hi! And Autumn. Hi! And Jackson. Hello! We did it! We finished it! Yeah, Lord of the Rings is over. Thanks to everyone. The Amazon show will be out next year. Uh, everyone go home. Yeah. Bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah I whatever. thought they were going to like throw the ring into Mount Doom at some point. That's what the Amazon not. show is for. <laughs> yeah, that's <true>. What if they just called the show The Lord of the Rings 2? <laughs> It's no, a prequel that we fucked up. Era. <laughs> Lord, Lord of the Rings, one half, like uh, Lion King, one and a half. Ooh. Is a that half set leagues. in the Lion King? God damn it! Is that set in the Lion King like time skip? Yes, when he's set in yes when Simba's hang out to Mon and Pumbaa. Nothing happens during that time. The whole it, movie happens. The entire thematic point. Of that bit of the I'm Lion gonna King guess, is I'm going to guess nothing, nothing happens. happens in that movie. I'll be honest with you. What happens in the Lion King 1.5? Have you seen it? I no, have, I haven't seen, I haven't it. seen it. Okay, here's... I saw it Can we follow through on this bit? Here's, okay, here. <laughs> let me, let I, me can just, I tell a funny story real quick? Okay. My mom got this for me for Christmas when it came out, and I found it because uh, I was looking for Christmas presents. It's the only time I ever found one of my Christmas presents as a kid. Was Lion King one and a half? Lion King one and a half, also titled the Lion King Three Hakuna Matata in some regions. Oh, that answers a lot because I have seen the Lion King Three. I thought those were two separate things. Uh, so, as, so the summary starts off with: As Timon and Pumbaa watch the original Lion King film in a theater room, Timon decides to fast forward to their scenes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what? Come back, what? Uh, So, this week, we're reading Fellowship of the Ring, chapters 6 through 10 of book 2. No one answered my questions of whether anything happened in Lion King 1.5. You can look for that on on your own time. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's the... The uh, explanation here is that this is the if Lion King. I am being held hostage. I can't (laughs) eat until we record this podcast, and they just won't stop doing this. (laughs) Anyone listening, it's been days because we record on Wednesday night. But please send help immediately. (laughs) They leave Moria. Cinderella (laughs) three. Shut the fuck up. A twist in time. I'm summarizing. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. They leave Moria. That happened last time, actually. They they arrive in Lothlorien. Mm -hmm. They meet with Galadriel and another guy whose name I forgot. Um, He doesn't matter. They have a really nice time. They see visions of what might be, including Gandalf? Walking around in white? What's that about? I don't know. Anyway, uh, they leave Lothlorien, and they have to go south from Lothlorien... But they know that they have to make a decision about whether they go to Minas Tirith from here or press on to Mordor. Um, and Aragorn is very pensive about this and indecisive and he doesn't know. And Gollum is following them and Frodo and Aragorn are worried about this, but they don't really tell everyone else that much. Um, and Frodo, they get to where they have to make a choice and Frodo is like, I don't know what choice to make. Let me go think about it. And while he's thinking about it, Boromir comes up to him. Boromir, who's been mumbling to himself, he's like, well, if I had the ring, I would just kill Sauron. I would just, I wouldn't, you know, do what Elendil did. I would just, you know, take the ring and it would be fine. He's been mumbling to himself for this, like, for days. And he comes up to Frodo. He's like, Frodo, crazy idea. What if you gave me the ring? And Frodo's like, all right. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm going to Mordor. The rest of you can go to Minas Tirith, but I'm going to Mordor. The fellowship breaks, one might say. But um, good for him. Uh, before Frodo can get away, uh, uh, Sam finds him, and like they decide to go to Mordor together. Um, and the rest of the fellowship is headed off to Minas Tirith. No. We don't know what they're all shouting in the woods trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, they're saying, Frodo! Frodo! (laughs) You're supposed to say Polo! 
anyway. Uh, yeah. Book ends. Book ends well. Uh, it's fine. It kind of these are these are the stops. these are not only the best chapters we've read so far. I think these are the best chapters in the entire Lord of the Rings. I I thought of that of our last set of chapters. I was really hooked on the um, first part of book two, and this is I think a really good way to close it out. But uh, not my not my favorite part of this book. So it's no Tom I, Bombadil. It's not Tom Bombadil. Fuck that guy. Fuck you. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> Frodo and and everyone stumbling into the last gasp of a world of like where magic was normal and things were good and just hanging out there and being like man you could be living different we thought Elrond was like living in a magical world nah he he's like living in a ghost of a memory of a magical world this is the real shit and it's yeah. incredible all of the stuff in Lothlorien is some of my favorite stuff uh R. Gordon suddenly looking very strange and young and talking about uh, things kept from him in this city. What could any of this mean? Um. <laughs> one of my, one of my, probably my absolute favorite moment in this book is like Aragorn and Frodo are standing on a hilltop. I think yes, um, and like Frodo looks at him and he looks young, like he said, and then like he's like, this is like you know, a magical place, and my my heart has been kept here for many years and will be kept here still. It's Arwen. Um, and... He does not say it's Arwen. <laughs> he says some words in Elvish that include Arwen, but he doesn't turn... I'm talking about my girlfriend Arwen. She'll be relevant <laughs> at the end of this really, book. The really funny part where he's like, where Galadriel is like, and this is from my granddaughter, and then doesn't name her, and then... Aragorn is like, wow, Arwen, thanks. <laughs> um, but my, my the the moment that really made it hit for me was after they walk down from this hilltop, um, like the narrator is like, and that's the last time that Aragorn would ever stand on that beautiful hilltop or something like yep. that. There's it's a thing so for Frodo also after they leave that's like, Frodo never came back to that land or whatever, like... Mm-hmm. And also, like, the sense of authority, and Galadriel says as much as, like, if we win, the best we can do is finally make our way un- un- unhindered to, the, like, the sea and sail away. Like, this is the last days, no matter what happens here. So, I guess mm-hmm. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Galadriel wants Sauron taken down, uh, not because she wants, like, to preserve Lothlorien, but because she needs safe passage to the sea. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, also, and, evil. Well, yeah. Yes. But, like, preserving Lothlorien is, like, the thing that would happen if she took the ring, right? Like, right. holding on to what she has, this, like, one bastion of the old world, is the temptation for her. Like, what if you made this a fortress? What if you did live here forever and rule over it? And, and now she's just going to have to go and be normal and not rule over anyone. Um, I, I was really glad that the line was in the book. I didn't know that that line was from the book. I assumed it was a movie thing. Um mm. But a lot of the line, the big lines from the yeah. movies are, are taken from the movies. Yeah. Obviously, like, um, I would be a beautiful and terrible queen was great. But also, I was just surprised that, where is Gandalf? I much desire to speak with him. I was just very pleased that that was in the book. It just... <laughs> the, pro- the problem with that line is that, uh, while it obviously is a classic movie line, uh, I listened to that one Flight of the Concord song too much, mm. where they say that over and over and over again. So I just <laughs> I just see the parody now. I just see uh, Brett being like, tell me where is Gandalf for a much desire. No, wait, that's fucking the Hobbit's one. I got confused with the two parrots, parrots one. That's the Hobbit's Isengard song. No, that's part of that song. Yeah, no, but I was getting confused with another song. That one where they're going like, "I was confused by a giant eagle." Ah, oh. anyway, the two Lord of the Rings parody songs I've confused from my teenage years, fifteen years ago. Only, Jesus Christ! Only one of them sang by a man who was actually in the film. Lord, the of, the Rings, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Um, I um, like that sick shot that Legolas made against the thing. I, yeah, I kinda... he just takes down. He just takes down one of the fell beasts. It's great. We don't know that's what it that's is, what it, but that's definitely what it is. I was wondering if that's what it was, or if there was like an evil bird. No, I think that's what. I mean, I don't think we ever get any further clarification, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it is. Because they also—that's also like when they started seeing winged things before they went into Moria, like high up in the sky. I assume that is also what that is. Yeah. 
Autumn doesn't know about Fell Beasts yet. No, I don't know fucking anything about what's coming, so. Okay. I've seen them. <laughs> I assume they're like drakes, but I don't actually know if that's true. Let me consult my uh, cardboard dragonology book from nope. childhood. Nope. 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 <laughs> um, I also had that book, but yeah. Same. I also like at the end when Aragorn, when they're doing the final goodbyes and Galadriel's like, is there anything else I can give you? He's like, you've already like given me the one thing I want more or less, but also you can't give it to me until I'm done with this. Can't go get married until I save the world, unfortunately. Yeah. It sucks here. <laughs> <laughs> Aragorn's living a hard life. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a slot where we can equip a woman and it's already filled. So <laughs> I'll be back later. <laughs> the um, Argon in general, I think, is really interesting in this section of the book because with Gandalf gone, uh, he is definitely the person who's like, I'm going to be responsible for everyone. That's what Gandalf wanted. I was the number two. Now I'm the number one. I'll make the decisions. I'll take the ring into mortar my damn self if I have to. But he doesn't want to. He wants to go off with Boromir and like pull out his sword and be the king and save the day and like lead men into battle and just is like, well, that's not the right thing to do. So I won't do it. He just is like a person who refuses to do anything he wants wants over the things that he feels he's responsible for and would have followed Frodo all the way up the fucking volcano if, if that's what it meant. Yeah. And I love that about him. <laughs> I love Aragorn. By far. Sometimes as a good king. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a good king. I don't know what you want. Not yet. Uh, he's like not the king yet. He has not returned yet. But like Every time, especially Frodo looks at him, uh, but anyone looks at him in these chapters, it's like, he just looked so regal. Like, he just had <laughs> a throne he needed to, like, return to. Alessar with his elf stone. <laughs> it's interesting, because, like, Gladriel mentions this to Frodo, like you haven't noticed but like you are seeing things other people can't see your perception of the world is like actually changing um and he because there's a bit where he's like if the ring can command anyone why don't i why can't i command people she's like well you haven't tried and please don't do it it would like kill you instantly <laughs> you're just a yeah. little guy <laughs> yeah um but um he's the only one who can spot like the ring on her finger like it's revealed here that she has one of the three elven rings she heavily implies that elrond has the other one where's the third who can say I, I assumed it was on her book. husband's finger, but now I'm like, well, but Frodo would have spotted it then, I assume. So It is not. Frodo. That guy, that is the most wife guy that's ever existed. He does not matter <laughs> aside from the fact he's Gladriel's husband. You'll notice that Frodo had no insights about him. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know who Frodo thought was cool? Glorfindel. Gandalf, Galadriel. First of all, all G's. <laughs> well, who's all, the guy who, Who's the guy who leads them in? Haldir? Is that that guy? Hell, they think yeah. he's cool. How yeah. Frodo no wasn't sitting awake living like No oh. one cares about what's his name? Caliborn? I think that's it's his Caliborn. name. Right? Yeah, yeah, Caliborn. I like it because it's yeah. a cool sounding name, but. Yeah, I, I he does not, not matter. I had not thought about it at all, but I guess Glorfindel was like, yeah, I'm one of the few people that they would be scared of if I, like, rode against the Nine Nazgul. And now I'm like, wait, is that. Okay, anyway. I don't actually know shit, so. Okay. <laughs> I unfortunately know very vague half truths have it's not it's it honestly not that important who the yeah, three elven ring bearers are it's just a thing that will be revealed to us in time i think yeah yeah i, I was talking about glorfindel i've i've heard oh. some half formed uh words about glorfindel that i was like oh cool everyone's always talking about glorfindel i am on glorf watch 24 <laughs> 7 <laughs> it is on site for glorfindel and i don't mean violence <laughs> Um, what else? Lembus. Um, oh, what do you have about Legolas? No, Lembus, the bread. Oh, Lembus, Lembus, the bread. I thought you said Legolas. Like, I mean, I can do a Legolas. Go ahead. Uh, so this when they when they get to uh, Lothlorien, the first thing that happens is the dwarves are super. Uh, the the elves are super fucking racist against dwarves, and they're like, "Okay, you can come in. We're watching you." Uh, that dwarf can't come in, and he's like, "A uh, bro." Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I can. And Legolas is like, I don't. I've he's tight. Don't worry. I, I'll vouch for him. He's one of the good ones. Uh, and 
then, yeah. then they're like, okay, you can come in, but you have to wear a beer blindfold. This is wear a blindfold. This, you are, this is not. It is it is Aragorn who vouches for him, not Legolas. Oh, Legolas, Laura, Legolas and Gimli do not become bros until Gimli sees Galadriel and is like, "This is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen." Oh my god, I'm going to die. And then oh, Legolas yeah. is like, "Yeah," <laughs> and uh, they fist bump, and that's it. They're fast friends forever now. Yeah, so, <laughs> the thing with Legolas yeah, is that the fellowship after that. Yeah. The, the thing with Legolas is that when they come in, Gimli is like, uh, yeah, you know, I, so long as, uh, Legolas wears a fucking blindfold, I'll be okay. And Legolas is like, bro, what? It is my, it is my, it is my birthright as an elf to not wear a blindfold. Excuse you. Um, <laughs> Legolas and then Argorn's like, now who's, now who's being the stubborn race in, uh, Middle Earth? And everyone's like, it's the men. And he's like, oh yeah, fair enough. This <laughs> 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 this scene is definitely a three Spider-Mans pointing situation. <laughs> I mean, I just liked the scene in general because it was like, we saw earlier, like, you know, uh, outside Moria, there's this door with like, it was built by like elves and dwarves or like it yes. was built as like a token of friendship between elves and dwarves. And then we get here and we see like, you know what that relationship is like now and no one seems really clear on the causes um except that the causes are seemingly sauron has just divided everyone you know just like the presence of evil has just like made people not trust each other anymore um there is a mention somewhere about division or 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 chaos and some i forget exactly where or when this happens but there is something to that effect mentioned about people who stand against like Sauron and like bring to bear some sort of discord. I don't remember where this line is. I can't. I mean, like, yeah, I I remember what you're talking about. It is just a, I think it is just more of a general, like, you know, this is playing into the enemy's hands when we sit here and bicker about shit that doesn't matter. Um, Right. Sauron's forces are not arguing about this stuff. They are just on the march. Like, this is one of the things that he tries to do to win is, like, divide people because, you know, if the various peoples of Middle-earth were united against him, they would stay on a better chance, so. Yeah. Unite them, you might say. I would not say that. You would not say that in a big dramatic voice? No, not until 2010. I do, I do like, um, because they're here like a month. Which is the thing that, like, the movies don't communicate very well. The time scale in the movies is not the same. But, um, like, Gimli and Aragorn just start bouncing, or, sorry, Gimli and, uh, Legolas just start bouncing. Like, what are we doing? Nothing. We're going out. We're patrolling. We're being bros. <laughs> sorry, suckers. <laughs> no, yeah, they do become, like, they're now bros. They, they, the movies have the character development, like, spread out. Yes. Across the action scenes, which is technically good movie writing. Uh, but Tolkien is, like, I mean, a, a core idea of both these but we've talked about a lot is the amount of, of which Tolkien is deeply invested on like not the journey but the stops along the way mm-hmm. uh like it is important when you know they stop with that one guy who turns into a bear uh Bjorn. is it Bjorn yeah thank you it's important when they stop in um uh you know Rivendell and here uh these this is where the character development happens where people have the time to like reflect on their journeys and talk to each other and become friends and uh dive into what's happening and uh it's just a mode of storytelling that kind of leaves this genre after this uh because it is a lot of people sitting around talking about things that have happened or will happen problem is it's sick it's just sick they hang out <laughs> in the magic town and become best friends it well, is sick also, um it being revealed later that Aragorn was like well, yeah, we wanted to stop there, obviously. Also, I was hoping that if we stopped there for a month, Gollum would lose track of us, but no. <laughs> this motherfucker is persistent. He is persistent. Um, I uh, Another thing I love about Aragorn is uh, Frodo and Sam realize that um, Gollum is following them after they leave uh uh, Lothlorien. Um, yeah. Apparently, Aragorn realized that before they went to Lothlorien, and he's like, "Well, I'm the king, so I must bear the burden of knowing that Gollum is following us. I can't tell everybody." About <laughs> Even it. if he worry. wasn't the king, he would be this person. He, I feel yeah. like he was this person when there was no chance he was ever going to raise. Because, like, 
Yeah. I, in theory, there's no like, there's no sense that Ar- Aragorn was going to be the king. He's one of like a hundred guys who could have been the king if the time was right. Um, at some point, he would have kids, and then there'd be another person who might become the king who hangs out in the north in like a dirty coat. Uh, <laughs> that's just like his fate. It turns out uh, this is the time. Yeah, you can't see him. His time is now. <laughs> he doesn't have the ring so you can't see he him. doesn't have the ring you can see him yes that's true <laughs> uh, but also um, Sam and Frodo don't tell anyone either they yeah. accidentally wake up Aragorn like they're also people who will just take a burden and not bother anyone else with it love this about them just a bunch of good boys on this trip <laughs> and the, the, the thing that separates Frodo from Aragorn in this sense is that Aragorn is unreadable Whereas Frodo tries to keep secrets, and then Merry and Pippin are like, what's going on over there? What's going on over there? What's in your mouth? <laughs> it's weird, because you start to see, you start to see with, like, the Gladrill stuff that, like, him and Sam, because Sam's in tow, end up pulling away from the rest of them in a big way, because, like, Merry and Pippin, we don't, we don't know what the fuck they're doing in the month they're in Lothlorien, but, like, yeah. Sam's just attending to Frodo, missing all the cool lessons you could have learned about making magical rope. Uh, real bummed about that, but, um, <laughs> like, Gladriel brings Sam with him to go look in the mirror, and he looks in, and he sees bad things happening in the Shire, and is like, I gotta go, and she's like, don't believe everything you see in a crystal ball. You don't know if it's real. It might not have happened yet. It might never happen. Chill. And so it sounds like I saw the Shire being scoured. <laughs> yes. But then Frodo looks in and sees like a gotcha, like a, a pachinko vision of a cool new guy who dropped. <laughs> we got Anthony Star Gandalf. And then yes. he's like, who's this white Gandalf with the white stuff? Boy, oh, it's probably Saruman. Saruman, yeah. Oh, but I guess it could be in the past because Gandalf's very dead right now. Uh, don't know what's up with that. Uh, Never mind it's, the it's fact good. that Saruman earlier in this book is like I'm I don't wear white robes anymore. This is not my thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. Um, but also, there's the part where Galadriel is like, "You wanted to see magic, right?" <laughs> Here's some magic. Sam is over it. <laughs> Sam's like, I, because there's a bit where Sam's like, oh, I'd love to see like what's going on in the Shire, but I bet I'd just see some stars and have to figure it out or whatever. And she's like, yes, that's how magic works. Sorry. You don't get clear answers, but like delighted that Sam knows this now. <laughs> I do love the way that like they have all these visions, which are very direct parallels to things that uh, are going to happen uh, if you have like cultural familiarity with Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but the message here is that like you see you see shit in the mirror all the time uh i guess it does technically in hindsight have relevance but you shouldn't let it like decide your actions Mm -hmm. or change your mind about what your like path is just because you saw a thing here it could be anything uh you gotta kind of ignore it yeah yeah um i also just love like sam like Sam still excited to see elves, but at this point he's like, I've been hanging out with Legolas for like two months, and like he's just a guy. I like the elves are cool, but they are just guys. But he does know he does know like everything about Lothlorien is like counter to the things he's seen about every other elf. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I've hung out with Elrond for like we were there for like three months or whatever, um, and that was all like nice and that's great, and we've been walking with Legolas a bunch, but um. It's not like this. This is different. This is like sunlight and song, and it feels like I'm in the old stories, and uh, that was not the case there. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's true. He also points out that these guys are more like them in the fact that they have homes and houses, and they stay in one place, and they like have a a space that is theirs. Yeah. To which Gladro goes, yeah, well, (laughs) it was nice while it lasted. (laughs) The last homely house. (laughs) <laughs> like last homo house shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> um but then yeah they, they have to go uh winter's over it's starting to be spring um and uh they leave and get boats and cloaks and bread and a bunch of cool gifts including yeah. the 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 best gift gimli's three locks of hair for our three strands of hair from gladriel's head he asks for one and gets three mm-hmm. that's yes. a deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The part where like he is like 
just because she she demands to know what a dwarf would want from her and he's like i don't want to i don't want to say it and she's like no no no. i'm telling you to say it you don't have to feel bad about asking for whatever you want and he's like i'd like a strand of hair um and she gives him three and it's great everyone everyone gasps and she laughs and thinks it's delightful that he would ask um it's good this whole scene is good i love this it so this is so good Legolas gets a plus one bow. <laughs> yes. Legolas gets a plus one bow. Like Boromir and Aragorn and the, the, the other hobbits who don't matter just get a bunch of like fancy sword belts. Like well, who gives a shit? Aragorn gets a magic sheath that oh, right. makes, uh, makes sure that uh, Anduril can't be broken again. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, that's so true. Because kind of that would be work. inconvenient. <laughs> uh, Frodo, Frodo gets a magic light. That's great. Sam gets Sam gets a, a seed box. It's like this stands it, this stands yeah. for Galadriel, but I guess you could call it garden in your tongue if you wanted to. Just a box with a G on it. If ever you go to a place where everything's been blighted out, I don't know if that could happen to you. Who could say? Uh, plant this. Where are you going, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Minas Tirith, maybe. <laughs> Sam gets the coolest gift, I think. I mean, obviously the locks of. Uh... The Hair. plus one bow is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you got to equip your guys, right? But it's it, yeah. it's very funny how much like it's obvious at this point in the book which which characters are getting like the the treatment. Yes, um, yes. Sam's Sam's really beginning to separate from the pack of like oh maybe Sam, like everyone knows culturally like oh Sam's like kind of the main character of Lord of the Rings, but now as you're reading that's like becoming true in the mm-hmm. minute to minute experience uh, in a way uh, that was not necessarily true in the uh, first couple chapters when everyone was in the Shire and. You got a lot of time with everyone. Whereas, like, Sam's clearly more important than Mary and Pippin at this point. Yes. Uh, who are just kind of around. Who um, just get silver belts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I they do. were not even plus one. <laughs> it's plus one girdle. Because I, like, <laughs> I feel like Frodo has not gotten as much time uh, sometimes as, like, Aragorn or Gandalf or even Sam in some ways. So I do like that the ending is so focused on him, and it feels like... It feels... The ending of the book does feel like Frodo has spent now so much time with Gandalf and Aragorn and Elrond and Galadriel, like, all these wise people, and he, like... He's starting to understand, like, the ways that they would, like, make decisions like this and, like, deliberate and, like, you know listen to, like, Boromir's counsel and, like, not heed it, and, like, I don't know, like, I just think that, like, everything Frodo gets to do in the, like, last chapter is, like, some of my favorite Frodo stuff um, that we've gotten uh, in a while. The thing I like about Frodo uh, is because he's the ring bearer, the book doesn't really take his point of view very often at all. And when it does, it doesn't spend a lot of time with his like internal, like monologue, right? Like mm-hmm. you see him react to stuff and you kind of see what he's thinking about any given situation sometimes, but you don't get the thing where Sam's like talking to himself about like why Frodo would be at the boats and like his realization of that and like how sad he is and like, Oh, he meant to leave even Sam that hurts uh, before he runs off. Um, because, like, what Frodo's going through is meant to be unknowable, and his motivations, like, what the ring is doing to him has to be, by the nature of the book, kind of, uh, like, impossible for everyone else to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that's the thing, that's the journey he's going on. Yeah. Because imagine uh, if there were, like, interminable chapters about Frodo slowly feeling the creeping corrupt- corruption of the ring starting to, like, work on him. It'd be the worst. It'd be absolutely I, terrible. It's I don't have better. to imagine. I've seen modern fantasy books and I've played <laughs> Final Fantasy XII. Like, this is, this is everywhere. It's better that it's, uh, you don't see, like, what it's doing to Frodo. You instead just see, like, Boromir being like, well, I would just use the ring to, for myself. And then, like, 20 pages later, he's, like, re- reveals, like, this is, like, where I'm at with, like, ring corruption, you know? <laughs> so, so Boromir, so Boromir's whole, I love uh, this stuff with Boromir. And, like, Boromir comes in, he came to Elrond looking for some answers. And then he's like, I gotta go back and tell people. I'll go with you until this point. I'm hoping that some of you will agree to go with me and help my people. We're fighting a war. We're in the middle of a big fucking battle. Please help. Um... And by the time he gets here, like, it's clear that pretty much everyone's intending to go to, to Mordor, which he still thinks is a stupid idea. He's like, come to my town. Aragorn wants to go with him, but Aragorn's now like, I gotta do the responsible thing. I'm sorry. I'd love to go to war. It'd be great. Um, 
and he's just left like i guess I, i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking go back by myself i'm gonna have gone with you in down into a mountain fought a big monster been to like two elf towns they were both terrible and i'm i'm uh i'm gonna have to go back myself are you fucking kidding me that's it for all of this i carry those hobbits up a mountain <laughs> um it's been a year and- yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. I like I could have rushed back, um, and I didn't because I was believing in, in in this thing. And now no one wants to listen to me when I say we should go to Mias Tirith. And Argorn's just like shuffling his feeling. Like, I want to go to Mias Tirith, but I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and it, it like that like sense of like estrangement is kind of what pushes him to like try to convince Frodo. But then like I think like his his goal to convince Frodo to choose Mias Tirith is is not pitched as like not well-intentioned it just is the way the ring works on people right like what he wants to do is to his worldview and the world he lives in and in many ways like a noble thing to like there's a weapon we can use there's a thing we need to keep safe i live in a giant fortress with the only army that can stand up to sauron right now it makes sense to take it there uh (laughs) and he tries to make that pitch but like ends up attacking frodo and his like zeal right he's like just give me the ring i'll take it uh you should never have had it um, and then when Frodo leaves, like the minute's gone, he realizes that like he was not in his right mind and apologizes to no one because Frodo's gone. But like it, the spell snaps instantly. He's like, "What have I done?" I love it. I think it's great. And then well, comes sulking back, like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Oh, Frodo left." <laughs> it is. It's such a good contrast because like the way that we see the ring work on Bilbo is that he like tries to hide it and like you know hoard it. Um, yes because that's what so many hobbits do you know mm-hmm. is that they just want to like you know keep all their money in their little fucking holes in the ground um and you see how this affects like a different person differently you know and it's just good it just like works you know <laughs> it wouldn't be a temptation if it didn't make sense yeah exactly like boromir is not acting out of character mm-hmm. i have a weird question yeah yeah does the horn not get blown at the end of this book? Because I didn't see it happen, but I thought this book ended with the horn blowing. It doesn't. No, nope. someone you got, you got, you got another book to read. <laughs> I thought revealing their lack of knowledge about Lord of the Rings structures and the famous bullet point that everyone mentions about how Lord of the Rings is structured. <laughs> it's just been a minute since I actually read the books. <laughs> no, that's all right. Oh, uh, you, you, you know, next week you might get what you want. <laughs> that horn's so cool. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. He has a, the horn that he's held on his person. Yeah, Boromir's got a horn. He blew it right when they left Rivendell. And they're like, don't blow it. We're trying to do a sneaking mission here. He's like, I won't blow it again, I promise, until we're at war. But like, I wasn't going to go like a thief in the night. I'm Boromir. My dad's in charge of the fucking city. <laughs> By the way, Denethor watch. They said the word Denethor in this chapter. <laughs> we're, we're a long way from me getting to talk about Denethor. So let's not. I'm, I'm not going to think about it. It'll just make me sad. We is. are on Denethor Watch, though. You, you kind of do because of what they said in the chapter. I'm not on Denethor Watch. I know when Denethor shows up. It's not a mystery. It's just <laughs> not until the, the third book. We got a ways to go. Who, who's Denethor? I missed this. He is the steward of Gondor and the father oh, of Boromir and Faramir. Okay. okay. Who's Faramir? That we'll find out next book. Ooh. I also love all the Boromir stuff here. It's really important to have, like, in a book about. All these people going on a quest by Gandalf, uh, who is the magic guy who knows the answers. Uh, but the answers are ludicrous. The, the fact that they are true does not change the fact that what they are asking these people to do is patently ridiculous. Like, yes. It is the right answer, but when Boromir says, what the fuck? We, do? I, we have the power thing, and I, we've got the army. Surely we should use it to fight the bad guy that could kill us. He like the book is not framing him as like, look at this idiot who doesn't believe in the heroes. It's not doing a fucking like Gurren Lagann situation, because uh, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, I pulled to that, but there's a lot of modern media where like the protagonist's rightness is assumed, whereas this it's like the protagonist's rightness is um. It's just like a fact of the universe, but reckoning with that fact is kind of a ridiculous thing to deal with. And so Boromir just comes up with like a normal guy in the middle of this quest trying to figure out how on earth to manage it. And uh, the way right. he falls into like the ring's ideas is uh, it's really good. I love Boromir. He's like two steps away from saying, okay, okay, okay. What if we made our own ring <laughs> to deter Sauron's ring? <laughs> Uh, yeah. If they could, they probably would have. Yeah. 
This is um, our quote unquote ring of power. It's a Glock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that is literally Saruman's plan. We'll get yes, there. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <sighs> I want to know uh, about the Saruman. Is... Yeah, I got great news about the next book. <laughs> I, I kind of vaguely knew that uh, I, you would have great news about the next book, but yeah, I don't. We got like one chapter about that guy, and like I know that he's like a big deal. It's Christopher Lee. Yeah, he's a big deal. Yeah, I don't know fucking anything what's going on with him. If they, had made, like... if they had made that movie ten years earlier, he would have been Gandalf in those movies. Unfortunately, he's a little too old. I'm sure only good things are happening with Saruman. He seems like a nice guy. He's explicitly not a nice guy. You sure? Yeah. He seems like a nice guy, but like an evil guy. No. He's fairly polite to uh, Gandalf yeah, exactly. when he's in prison too. <laughs> he's like, all right, here's a plan. Uh, I will be using force on you, but like only if I have to. Just letting you know, this is just like a very practical thing I'm doing. Gandalf's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> he throws them all around that room. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Walls, no, he doesn't. no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. <laughs> and then Hayden Christian comes in and cuts off his head. <laughs> <laughs> Tries to pry double the fool. <laughs> um, yeah, do we have anything else? The, I just think this is a phenomenal book. Um, yeah. I'm going to check and see if we have anything else. Because we didn't put out a call for email. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did but not. But I think we got one. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe. I'm loading it. We'll take emails. I don't have any problem with it. We just always forget. Yeah. Um, it did, this The ending of this book does support uh, the, I think, one book uh, version of one, verse, one book versus three book versus six book like argument. Because this is an ending for sure but it's not like i don't know it's not like the way that like a modern fantasy book always has to like oh yeah tie no, no, up no. all the loose ends and stuff you know yes um, i mean it is six books in that like they are volumes right right uh and good breaking points especially with uh the structure of how the two towers works um, yeah if it yeah that's it is it feels like a like I could set this down for two weeks and be like, okay, I got like, you know, I'm going to go read another book and then come back to Lord of the Rings. But it doesn't feel yeah. like an ending. We don't have an email. I don't know why I thought that. It's not as it, but it's it's like he didn't write this. Like, you know, he wrote Lord of the Rings and then the publisher was like, well, we're going to do this in three, buddy, because uh, paper's expensive. There was a war. Maybe you heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the economy is not what it used to be. This is a big fucking book. It's like half a million words long. Um, and so, yeah, it was not really meant, like he didn't write it as three books, you know? Mm-hmm. Imagine like being the editor. You know, it's, it's, the, it's 1953 or whatever it is. Uh, and the guy who wrote The Hobbit comes in, and the wars happen, it's like, okay, we're going to sell a new book. He's been working on it for 20 years. Uh, he's been doing he- a lot of other things for 20 years. <laughs> he's been doing a lot of things, but has occasionally been asked, hey, what's up with that Hobbit sequel, dude? And Gerard Tolkien sits down on the desk, 500,000 words of manuscript, <laughs> uh, and gives you The Lord of the Rings. And you're just like, what are you going to do? How do people react to that? What are the production process of The Lord of the Rings like? It's so, it's weird to think about because, like, now the machine is on. Now you can just put out Rhythm of War and it's, like, the longest book ever and no one cares. You know? It's a selling point. Yeah, it's a selling point that uh, all these Brandon Sanderson books just get longer. Wait, how long is Rhythm of War? Rhythm of War is really fucking long. Let's... Did they hit 1300? Give me a a word count. They've got word counts on Coppermind. I just gotta pull it up. Rhythm... Um, you can just Google it. You're shit. not going to find exactly how to type the URL to get to exactly the page on the Coppermine that you're looking I at. I was off by one character, okay? Anyway, word count is... Oh, go to the statistical analysis page for Rhythm of War, which every book... This cannot in. take this long to get to a word count. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, one Google 455- 455,000 words. 
So for the for one part? No, no, no. For all of Rhythm of War. Which yeah, is but, but Rhythm yeah, of War is one book. book. That's one book. Yes. Yes. Because that's the fourth part of how many of these there are. So it's like, I don't... book four of ten. Stormlight. Of ten. Stormlight's going to be ten books? Well, yeah. it's going to be split fantasy. into two sections of five. Yeah. What if he dies? <laughs> what if he fucking dies? Like, people well, do. You know, of all the people who have experience with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I you think know the ideal experience... I. I, it's, oh, yeah, the ideal experience. <laughs> Tell me what your ideal experience of the Cosmere is. I think the I think the funniest outcome is that someone else has to finish Stormlight Archive. I think that's the funniest thing that could possibly happen. I understand wanting to like tile your work together in like grand ideas. I don't understand like planning them so far. This like, is why just... I read mid-century science fiction. It takes me like two hours to read through. The thing about but, it like, is right, that. But, Stormlight is just the biggest yeah. flagship series in an overarching narrative that is more books than that. Yeah, because the other yeah. thing is that there are going to be 10 Stormlight books, but there's also going to be like 16 Mistborn books or something. But those are much smaller. Those are smaller. And also but there's like, a couple of other like series, a couple of other trilogies, <laughs> uh, short stories, etc. He still has a great launcher sequel. He's, it's, it's on the horizon. Oh, he's going to go back to fucking Elantris? Oh, that's a thing everyone wants. <laughs> um, well, the actual thing is that, like, this is the difference because, you know, Lord of the Rings is a good example, but uh, and mentioning mid-century science fiction, like, there's a million Asimov books, but he didn't necessarily write those going, okay, this is going to be ten books about this thing, mm-hmm. and then they'll do it. It wasn't, like, planned out ahead of time. It just happened as he wrote more, and other, that's yeah. kind of the way that the Lord of the Rings stuff developed, is it just Tolkien made so much stuff and then have, like, released some books of it. <laughs> uh, I mean, he wanted to publish some really, and I was like, no, nah, not that one. Okay, okay, so I went and looked up the publication history of Lord of the Rings. It's very funny. I just yeah, have one paragraph here to read out. It's not the full details of it. So, uh, a detail, a, uh, a dispute with his publisher, George Allen and Unwin, uh, led to his offering the work to William Collins in 1950. Uh, Tolkien intended the Silmarillion uh, to be published along with Lord of the Rings, but Allen and Unwin were unwilling to do this. Uh, after Milton Waldman, his contact at uh, Collins expressed the belief that Lord of the Rings urgently wanted Colin, uh, uh, wanted cutting, uh, Tolkien eventually demanded they publish the book in 1952. Uh, they refused, so he then wrote back to Alan Unwin saying, just fucking get the book out there, please. And they were like, if you divide it into three volumes, we will. And then it happened. <laughs> Uh, so he left the publisher, went to another guy, made like a cool deal, uh, made the I've gone to Netflix deal, and <laughs> then uh, they they wanted it cut, and then he went back to his original publisher just because he needed one of the books to be released. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing about Brandon that I was trying to say was that he has actually written half that shit already. He's just always rewriting it to fit with whatever he's published most recently. Yeah. So those those things are out there. Somewhere. Why is he right? Did we he not write a book? You have an entire other podcast talking about Brandon yeah. Sanderson. If Jackson wants to talk about him so bad, they can come he on the podcast. <laughs> I did. I did. It's 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 fun. But uh, yeah. I, I was going to read. Like, people on my feed were going just batshit nuts for how good Stormlight was. Just like you were all losing your mind. Like I want to join them there, but I can't. I can't not read Elantris first because I'm that guy i'm always gonna go in release order and the language was bad and i've tried like three times to force myself through it and i just it's just too bad i just can't do I, it. I, I, I tried like to read rave kings and was like man this this has been like 80 pages where nothing happens other than a lady sits in a library and mopes about how this other lady won't talk to her nah i'm good <laughs> i love it i love it so much is she a girl boss because the has some really embarrassing girl boss stuff Oh no! Nah, yeah, and, yeah okay. where I was, absolutely not. But she has the she has the, like the gift of being cool in the future. Definitely, she's, she's being taught how to be a girl boss. There's also she has the girl boss potential. Yeah. At the same time as this, there's a boy who's very sad. I love that boy so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a different branch. Of I love him so much. And where can people find you online? Uh, well, first off, everyone who wants to keep reading with us next time, we are reading uh, Two Towers, book one, chapters one through three. We are never reading five chapters of this book again. So please <laughs> yes, be happy. God. We had to we some one book had to take the L and I figured it would be this one. Um, so please enjoy that. You can this find me on Twitter. This was a much breezier five chapters. Yes. Yes, I, I, I should have. I should have done four and six, but I was doing just off of numbers. I was not looking at books when I made our cut determinations. Mm-hmm. So, 
Anyway, uh, I'm on Twitter at em underscore being. You find all the podcasts that me and Jackson do at abnormalmapping.com. Listen to Reptrace Greetings. Reptracegreetings.com is our movie podcast. We're going to, uh, Destiny's got a new computer. We're going to have good audio again. Probably, hopefully, fingers crossed. Let's not promise that it. until we've recorded one episode, <laughs> but we are technically in more good stead. Yeah. Autumn. You can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, autumnal underscore coffee, and you can find me at uh, kaladinstormblast.net, which is apparently available. <laughs> uh, Wait, seriously? You can seriously get kaladinstormblast.net? Yeah. <laughs> Have you secured that shit? Studio. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Anyway. Um, I should redirect to Arzo Kingdom. <laughs> anyway. Um, export odd.io. That's all the podcasts. Go listen to Ornate Stairwells. Go listen to Hot Singles. Go listen to Arzo Kingdom. Okay, Jackson, where can people find you online? find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com you can find uh you can support the podcast that me and i'm doing at patreon.com slash abnormal mapping great garden project is going strong we're heading into uh well next week or this week depending on um how you're listening to these uh we'll finish turn a and we're heading into g savior uh which is a single that's just one week it's a movie but it's a shot in the year 2000s in canada live action sci-fi movie uh so we're gonna have a fucking great time with that nonsense yeah. and then we're watching gundam seed which uh and then you we're know, watching gundam seed we'll i'm also excited for it'll be fine yeah, and then it's sequel too. series gundam tree i think right it's gundam seed destiny but you can shut the fuck we up. have a whole other show in between those two actually so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be 2023 before we watch gundam seed destiny that's so true You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You can find stuff I do at norablake.online. Uh, <laughs> cloud is on the screen now. <laughs> um, anyway. You you both are about to move. People should, like, subscribe oh, to the Patreon. And you should hold off buying vanity URLs until after your move. Yeah. <laughs> but then after that, go nuts. Buying them is fun. I love all the dumb ones we have. Um, like the second best game.club, which is a podcast yeah. I do. Yeah. The I best game dot club, which is a podcast storm. I do. <laughs> your Kaladin Stormblast.com is available. <laughs> I just want it, but I'm holding off. <laughs> I think that KaladinStormblast.net is the only good one here, for yeah. real. Um, or, or dot moe. <laughs> KaladinStormblast.moe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh we you did plugs already. We did a GoFundMe um to help with our move, but if people want to keep helping with our move, that is still up, I believe. You can still contribute to that. I don't know. And if not, we both have coffee links in our bios on Twitter.com. Yeah. Yeah. And the Patreon. And the Patreon. The sooner we get moved in and get some audio stuff settled, the sooner we can get back on the horse, as they call it. Yeah. The horse is the microphone. Yeah. This podcast will not have interruptions, though. Even if one episode has to sound really bad. We can't afford them, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. We're on a time... Time... Yep. Schedule. We're on time Bezos schedule. time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what happens if three weeks before uh, we finish, they fucking delay uh, Lord of the Rings? The, to, like, then we get uh, Children spend... of Huron and the others. We just keep mm. going. I don't know if I'm committing to that, but it's a possibility. I would assume it'd be more likely that we'd spend more official time on the movies and adaptations. Yeah, Mordor movie night will come eventually. Mortal Movie Night! That might just be me and Nora. <laughs> I, have, I have four, uh, the 4K releases of Lord of the Rings that I have been holding off on. Re- I was like, man, I should watch I'm going to wait until we cover it someday. So I'm going to be on those episodes. Don't you fucking worry. Okay. I well, have 8,000 the- things to say about those films. Okay, well, it's the part where we're also going to watch the like 70s films and yeah. everything. Yes. Now, when you get to The Hobbit, Fuck right off. Not going to watch the Hobbit trilogy again. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to watch the Hobbit trilogy. That one, that one will just be expired. <laughs> oh, and we'll mostly be talking about the Lion King 1.5. <laughs> and, and fucking Brando Sando. <laughs> Brando Sando. Kaladinstormblast.audio is a really good redirect for our Arcanum, but it's $175. That's How too do much. Spell? Don't pay that much. Have I spelled it right? Is it actually K-A-L-A-D-I-N Storm yeah, yes. Blessed? It's all, it's all correct. Yeah. You can get .com. You okay, can get the real no, shit. I must have missed it. It's right here. Cal- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There it is. I, I just slid right little... past it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway.
Goodbye. Can you Goodbye. buy a dot edu? <laughs> I don't think so. Can you get Caledon Stormbless.edu? <laughs> Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn or whatever. <laughs> whatever really man i love i loved when aragorn stood at the gates of mordor and said right ruin in the red dawn or whatever michael Sarah's greatest role <laughs> michael Sarah is halo <laughs> who's that guy michael Sarah plays in uh twin peaks season three scott pilgrim wally thank you ride for ruin and the red dawn but also read Read for Ruin in the Red. Okay. Desire Clown Shoes. Hit. I'm like Neo from the Matrix, the way that I'm in. Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Does he, did he say the that? Matrix is in this year? <laughs> the Matrix is so in this no. year. I saw someone posting like a picture of that. You, got, you gotta fake- shut up so Nora can start the podcast. <laughs> I was just sitting here gathering room tone, just waiting. <laughs>